I don't know if you've heard Black Thought's new song, Good Morning, featuring Pusha T, Swizz Beats, and Killer Mike, but uh, yo, that's my join! Hey yo, displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure. You taste it. What's good, friends and family, neighbors, near and far? Welcome to the Yo That's My John podcast, the podcast, website, brand, movement, way of life dedicated to the embrace and championing of your passions. I am your host, Nate Runkle, aka Captain Nish, aka oh, that dude, I know that dude, aka that's your man, aka Nate 3.0, aka that feeling in your stomach when you go down the log flume of life, aka MC to be named later, aka James Hell, ma'am, aka the Adidas Climacool fabric of the podcast world himself. It's your boy Nate back at it again with another episode. As always, I hope this podcast finds you in good health and in good spirits. I want to thank everyone who took the time and listened to our premiere episode. You know, we've received a lot of really great feedback, and I am excited to hear more and more of your thoughts on the pod. And if this is your first go-around on the little Ferris wheel of excitement known as the Yo, That's My John podcast, well, I welcome you with open arms. Take a seat. Let me take your coat. Can I get you something? Some tea, perhaps. How about a Jell-O snack pack? Oh, dude, how great are Jell-O snack packs? That is a total John right there. If you have not had a Jell-O snack pack in a while, the next time you are at the grocery store, I want you to pick yourself up some. Treat yourself. You deserve that kind of goodness in your life. It's been a very rough year, and you've earned it. Today I talked to Paul Keene, singer, songwriter, and frontman of the rock group Pawn Shop Roses. If you are unfamiliar with their music, I implore you, go directly to Spotify or YouTube and do a search for Pawn Shop Roses, and you allow that bluesy goodness to knock itself around your head a little. You will not be disappointed. We have a great conversation, and I get to know a guy I've known for quite a good deal of time just a little bit better. You know, Paul also plays us some tunes. So I don't want you to ever say that I do not bring you nice things. But like I've said, I've gotten some great feedback about the podcast so far, both things that you liked and the things that, well, you know, maybe you didn't. And that's cool. I 100% appreciate it all the same, the good and the bad. I want to hear it. And I'd love for you to continue to let me know what you think of the pod or anything, really. What I'm saying is, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you're listening to. I'd love to hear what you're watching. I'd love to hear what you're enjoying, what cool shit you've been consuming. It doesn't have to be new. It doesn't have to be cool. Just whatever you are vibing, I want you to share it with me. Or, more importantly, with us. Because thanks to our host and sponsor, Anchor, you can now do so and be a part of this podcast. If you go to anchor.fm slash YTMJ slash message, you can leave an audio message and I will include it in an upcoming episode. If you like, of course. You want me to keep it to myself? I can do that too. But do it! Leave me a message! Don't make me do this talking all by myself! Join me! Be a part of the John! And together we will rule the galaxy as father and son. Anchor.fm slash YTMJ slash message. You know, peace to Bruce McCulloch. I am a Doors fan. I am a Doors fan, and yet 
I struggle to say those words. When I was in 8th or ninth grade, right around the release of the Oliver Stone film, all I ever listened to was The Doors. I loved them. I still love them. Yet I do not like to say the phrase, I am a Doors fan out loud. Why? James Douglas Morrison. Mr. Mojo Risen. The Lizard King. The Shaman. The Poet. Ugh. Allow me one moment to get my Inner Valley Girl on here, but gag me with a fucking spoon. Okay, that was a bit harsh. But my inability to shout from the rooftops that I am a Doors fan is due to the fact that I think Jim Morrison is overrated. But in saying that, I also believe that Masters Dinsmore, Manzarek, and Krieger are criminally underrated. As a matter of fact, if you pull out the scales of justice and you put the overratedness of Jim on one pan and the underratedness of John Ray and Robbie on the other... Well, that bad boy would hit level. The Doors are, to borrow a phrase from Chuck Klosterman, a perfectly rated band. They're great. Now, of course, the comedic irony of all of that is that I have zero desire to ever listen to any of the Doors albums sans Jimbo, but hey, maybe sometimes you need not separate the wheat from the chaff. I am a Doors fan and I love the Doors, and bloviate as much as I have about Jim Morrison, I love Mr. Mojo Rising. I mean, he was the Lizard King for Christ's sakes. He can do anything. I say all of this as background to ask you what I'm about to ask you next, and that is, why is the song Waiting for the Sun not on the album Waiting for the Sun? Why? Who let this happen? You let your title track be an outtake? You know, I bet it was Jim. And P.S. Don't think you're getting away without getting called out about this either, Led Zeppelin. You're going to put Houses of the Holy on physical graffiti? Really? You suspect. Anyway. New rule. Don't do that. Thanks. Signed. A Doors fan. For anyone who has followed the Philadelphia music scene for the past decade, my guest today should require no introduction. As the frontman of the band Pawn Shop Roses, he has entertained the masses with a tremendously soulful voice and songs that conjure a beautiful potpourri of the Black Crows, the Small Faces, and the 70s-era Stones. The Roses are 100% straight rock and roll with a double capital R. Rock and roll that has taken them everywhere, from the Grape Street Pub to Good Morning America and to festival stages, sharing the bill with the likes of the new pornographers and Radiohead. He can currently be seen rocking the social distance stage at 118 North in Wayne, PA, and also streaming on Facebook Live. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to welcome to the show, Paul Keen. Cord going. Yeah, like I said, it's all all brand new to me. But uh, here we are. Uh, we have my guest today is Paul Keen, uh, singer, songwriter, front person, front man of the Pawn Shop Roses, uh, amongst uh, many other talents. Um, but thank you for being on the show today, Paul. It's awesome. Of course. Thanks for having me. Um, so I, I want to tell you this to, to kick things off. Um, I, I remember the very first time I heard your guys' band. And um, it's very rare for me to go see a band play uh, in the area and not like feel like jealousy in that I should be on that stage. I'm better than these people. And you guys were like one of the first bands I saw that I had the jealousy just because it wasn't it wasn't I should be there. It was holy shit. These guys are fucking amazing. So 
Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Usually um, if I see a band that's amazing, I get jealous. You know, oh my God, like we're not as good as these guys or whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, see, for, for me, what I, what that turns into me is I just go, um, yeah, no, this makes sense. They should be there and I should be here. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so where did you grow up and uh, where, where, you, where did you call hometown? I grew up in Kenneth square, Pennsylvania. Uh, grew up next to a couple farms. My dad was a farmer. He, uh, worked for a guy. Um, and pretty much was like a caretaker of the farm. Took care of the horses and uh, mowed the fields and all that fun stuff in Southern Pennsylvania. Very cool. And uh, did, did your mother work or was she at home? Or? She, she was at home. Uh, when we grew up, she started doing like uh, housekeeping and stuff like that. But she was mostly a homemaker, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she was like the musically talented one. Okay, what was that? What was like her piano, guitar, or she played guitar? She played an old K, which I still have. It's like an old, like a uh, parlor guitar. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, I think she got it from like Sears. That is uh, awesome. She learned like a bunch of folk songs and you know, like "Hang Down Your Head, Tom Dooley," <laughs> stuff like that. You know. Yeah. So I learned. <laughs> I learned music listening to that. Plus, you listen to. The Beatles and CCR and CSNY and all that stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. So so it started, I'm guessing, early for you that you were just kind of engulfed in music then? I did. I just, I sang around the house, you know? I just kind of walked around the house and just sang whatever, like Jingle Bells for like, even if it wasn't Christmas, I'm singing Jingle Bells or something. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you did you sing in school at all or uh, chorus or anything like I, that? I did chorus, but I didn't like the structure so much. I was like, oh, we got to rehearse. Like, what is this all about? I'd rather just kind of just do it and not rehearse. Yeah. I was yeah. also into sports. I wasn't big enough to, I wasn't like big enough to play football, but I, I played ninth grade football. I was like uh, five foot 90 pounds or something like that. And just got demolished. But, like, I love sports, you know, throughout middle school and high school. And then then I started getting into music later. I picked up that K and, you know, I started le- learning stuff. Nice. So, so like, when you um, – did you teach yourself or did you take lessons? I taught myself from yeah. that folk book that my mom had. Like, it had the chords, the chord structures and everything like that. So, so- – that's, that's awesome. What was, can you remember like the first complete song you could pull off? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, I was a huge Oasis fan because this is probably like 95, 96. Um, loving Oasis on MTV. I was like, Wonderwall, Don't Look Back in Anger, uh, Champagne Supernova. I learned Don't Look Back in Anger because it had the chords I already knew. It had like C, G, A minor. E7, F, G, C. I was like, you know, I knew all those um, open chords, so. Yeah. That's how so, I did it. So <laughs> uh, do you have any siblings? I do. I have two sisters. Are they musical? Not really. No? I mean, all right. So my sister Jackie, like, can kind of sing. Jackie, if I show this to you, I think you have a good voice, but she <laughs> doesn't think she has a good voice. Like, she's like, I'm going to karaoke tonight. Do, do you have any... Uh, recommendations for what i should do i was like just act like you're awesome 
like 50% of music on stage is like, just be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so there wasn't like a uh, keen family singers going on, right? There wasn't like a... <laughs> no, there was not much. No, I mean, my mom even won't admit that she was, she is a good singer still. Like she won't really admit that. They're very shy. They're not really into performing, you know? Yeah. So, so okay. That makes sense. I, 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 I get that. So, um, so as you were learning early on, um, is, is there a point you can remember in your mind where you were like, you know what, this has got to be more than a hobby. This is like, when did it take over? Probably, um, I guess I was a bit, uh, in a band in high school called Joe's New Socks, which is like a terrible name, but good guys. Uh, and just being on stage and really, you know, coming out of my shell and doing all that. Cause I, you know, I've always been kind of shy. I'm still kind of shy, but I go on stage and it feels, you know, amazing to just kind of let it go. Cause you're not like really thinking about anything, but what you're doing, your mind's not, you know, in all sorts of different directions. You're focusing on your stuff, you know? Um, I was like, man, I would love to do this. I got like a regular job. Uh, working like data entry or something. Um, and I got sick of it. I got a, a gig every uh, Wednesday night in Maniunk at a place called uh, Castle Rocks. And I was making like 300 bucks at the data entry place a week. I was making 100 bucks at Castle Rocks. So I was like, I'm going to quit my job and get two other gigs that pay 100 bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have like three gigs, hundred bucks a piece. I can make as much as I am, you know, punching buttons. So that's probably when I said, "Hey, I can do this for a living." Yeah. What what kind of uh, what kind of songs were you playing at that time? Uh... Probably the same covers I'm still doing, like <laughs> uh, Stones, Beatles, uh, Petty, uh, you know, CCR, Almond Brothers, that kind of you know, classic rock stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, also, the, like you were saying, kind of the same stuff you heard around the house and all. So like, right, it, it's, exactly. it's, yeah, I never really got out of it. I, I got into it and I never got out of it. Yeah. So um, at what point um, in, in this whole grand scheme? So you, you start playing out in Maniunk and you kind of start picking up these kind of gigs. Um, are you starting to get a following at this point? Like, are you, are you starting to see the same faces out at places? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good question. In Maniunk at Castle Rocks, that's when we started to build the following because they knew I'd be there every Wednesday. So, you know, you got the regulars and they're like, oh, I love this guy. And then they tell their friends. And then all of a sudden your old friends are showing up. And then, you know, like uh, people are like, oh, I heard this bar's pumping on Wednesday nights. So that was when we started to gain that following. And it was good that there was like um, a bar called uh, Grape Street, like right down the street. Sure. Um, it was Grape Street Pub, and then they moved to Main Street, which was the Grape Room. But that's when we sort of like built the following, and then that was our place, and then, you know, Castle Rocks, and then, you know, that whole area was a good spot for us at the time. 
So um, it, um, at that time, I guess, is when Pawn Shop started kind of really getting like, how did you guys meet to be able to start that first lineup? Um, well, it goes back to like probably like 2000, maybe like after high school. I graduated in 97. So um, I had a girlfriend that went to Westchester University and she was in the music program. And she was like, and I actually went to high school with her too. So she was like, you know, your band's not together in high school. Like, do you want to start something else? I'm like, sure. So she got some of her friends together who played, uh, they were like a three piece guitar, bass, and drums. They love Zeppelin. So they're doing this riffy stuff. Um, so I ended up getting in with them at Westchester. We were called Cush. Okay. We were looking for another guitar player. So I went on pamusician.com and found Kevin Bentley, who's currently in the band. And then me and Kevin kind of clicked and just kept rolling with it. And, um, turned, and you know, changed the name to Pawn Shop Roses and added some new members. And, you know, that's how we kind of kept getting that's it rolling. Awesome. That's awesome. So, like... Um, yeah, uh, you know, like you said, you know, Kevin's still there. Like, do, was that kind of like a? Did that click right away? Did you like know, like, hey, this guy's going to be by my side for decades? Well, I, th- I think what happened was like he rehearsed with us. I loved his playing. Um, Chad Miller, who was the other guitar player, he was more of like a dirty bluesy player, but Kevin could play. He could play country licks. He could play melodic stuff he could do all that and i was like oh this is really great and then he was like i love your voice man you know over a bunch of drinks we're like hey, i love you playing i love your voice man and then we're <laughs> end up like you know being really great friends and yeah i he's like i'm gonna ride your coattails obviously coattails to castle rocks <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but um yeah i mean it we we definitely clicked right away so um, prior to this, were you writing music yourself or um, in the early days there? Yeah, I wrote some songs for my uh, high school band. Um, but they didn't really like them because they were like a funk jam band. And I'm just playing like these rock and roll straight ahead tunes. Um, and then I got with Chad, who's in Cush, Chad Miller. And I started writing lyrics to his music. It was like a page and plant type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got better at guitar and started writing my own stuff, like, you know, solo or whatever, um, which I still do now. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I've been, you know, I've been writing since I was probably like 17. Crappy songs at 17, probably, but. Sure. Can, <laughs> yeah. you, uh, can you remember the first song you ever wrote? I think it was like something like it moon rhymes with June and something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I feel you. The very first song, like legit full song I ever wrote was a song about how um, a chicken cutlet is in the shape of a, a heart. And it was like, I'm giving you this chicken. Cu- uh, forget about it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going that far back. I wrote a song about the Poconos when I was like four. I was like, we're in the Poconos. <laughs> Just like singing. 
<laughs> you could probably sell that to the tourist center, you know, and uh, could, yeah. just live off of that for years. So, um, so Pawn Shop starts playing, you guys start getting tight. Um, I'm guessing you're playing what was then Grape Street a lot, right? Because um, that's, that's where I remember uh, first seeing you guys. Um, and that's when, you know, the wig went <laughs> blew off the back of my head. But, uh, well, thanks, man. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, um, you know, uh, we were kind of talking beforehand that I, I did not know that um, back in 2006, you guys won like an early, really big YouTube contest, correct? We did, yeah. Um, um, how did that come about? <laughs> well, it kind of like happened serendipitously, uh, big word. <laughs> uh, my friend Scooter Lammy, who uh, has a movie called Kicking the Dog, and we were on the soundtrack. We had like Fading Out and a couple other tunes on the soundtrack. And he's like, yo, let's just do a live video. So we set up a grape room. It was the big one, you know, with the big stage and on Main Street. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, set up a pro live video shoot with like 12 songs. Um, he uh, edited it really well. It was really good. I was proud of it. And he's like, hey, I know some of these guys. They uh, started this YouTube thing, man. Like one of my friends <laughs> has this website. And like everyone knew about YouTube, like with like silly videos and maybe some old music from you know, that you forgot about that you could watch. Um, but he's like, hey, there's a contest. So we entered. Um, we did like a voting thing, but it was also, it was half voting, half like judging. So the judges decided to have different categories. So there was live video, there was scripted video, there was, you know, different types of video. So, excuse me, we won live video best live video and ended up on good morning america which was pretty ridiculous that's pretty surreal did you get to play on play on good morning america? Didn't. they played our video we were handed like an award uh called the golden mouse award nice um diane sawyer was there sam champion you know it was like it was pretty surreal uh, the song's called Get So Hard. It's interesting to hear Diane Sawyer say, Pawn Shop Roses, Get So Hard. <laughs> <laughs> so we, made, we made Diane Sawyer say, Get So Hard. That's worth, that's worth more. That's worth like 20 Golden Mouse right there. Like, <laughs> totally. Mice. Uh, where does the Golden Mouse reside now? It's in my uh, top drawer in my room. That's awesome. My that's awesome. My junk slash important memory drawer, if that's a thing. <laughs> so uh, for winning that, there was a, a gear you got as well, right? Yeah, we got some like Epiphone. We had an Epiphone bass, a Slingerland drum kit, uh, Epiphone, Alley Cat, guitar. And I think that's it. Okay. I actually didn't get anything because I just was like, you, Kevin, you, you get the guitar. Justin, you get the bass. Rich, you get the drums. You know, they didn't have a microphone, unfortunately, so. What a letdown. <laughs> <laughs> if I could have gotten some sort of microphone deal, that would have been sweet. 
That's awesome. So, um, did, did any, did you like, did you get any feedback from, um, any labels or anything off of that? Like, did, or, or was that still too early YouTube or? Well, the thing was, all right. So, so we had a, a label guy that was interested in us. It was basically just a guy who wanted to start a label called Earvolution, which we ended up signing to. And this was before we won the contest. Um, we didn't have an album at the time, which kind of sucked. Every band had an album, like a, a proper album. We had a, like a live album. Yeah. Um, which was the audio from the video. We basically, you know, used that. Sure. Um, but so we signed to Earvolution, uh, Jeff Davidson from DC. And then we, we started recording albums after that. Had we had an album at all these meet and greets and like hanging out at the bar with like the Google people and whatnot, I feel like it would have helped. Yeah. No, but we were just like, here's our burned live CD. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Jeff's a great guy and he put out three albums with us. So okay. not really you know, complaining about that. So was the, the first one was Let It Roll then or? Let It Roll was the first official. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, you know, the songwriting process on that, was that, you know, made up of the 12 songs from the live, um, studio recordings of those live songs then, or was there newer? Was, well, no, let it roll. Right, so the, 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 uh, the live album was live. Let it roll was, we went into the studio at a milk boy, um, and just record the songs from uh, scratch. We recorded 10 songs. And um, yeah, it was basically like, it was a studio recording. Yeah. So, um, you know, what, what um, w w with your process on, on, on that album, you know, um, were you just looking now, were you looking at that as like, here's 10 songs for this album? Or were you like, let's take the, let's take some of this, some of that, you know what I'm saying? Like what did well, you we, go into? Yeah, we, we worked with a guy named uh, Pete Donnelly and he's like, bring me all your songs. So we probably laid down live in the studio, mm -hmm. uh, probably like 20 songs or something. And we sorted through it and picked the 10 best songs, I think. Cause I didn't want to like do like a 12 song album or like 14 or 15 songs. I wanted to be like, Here's 10 songs. Here's us now. Um, and yeah, we just kind of like picked and choosed. Yeah. The, um, so uh, what, also in this uh, half serious internet research that I've, that I've put through. In <laughs> Which I'm surprised, like we don't have a website. So I'm, I'm glad. I know. I know. It, it was very difficult. Like I was cribbing off of like uh, cached MySpace pages and like oh, wow. I was going deep. To, no, I didn't. I didn't go that deep. <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> up there. I haven't done. A, I haven't done a Google search in a while. I uh, <laughs> sadly have set up Google alerts for my own name so that if it pops up, I immediately am I'm warned um, because who knows? Who knows? Someone... Oh, Kevin. Kevin has a pawn shop roses a uh, Google alert. So okay, good. He'll good, let good. me know. He'll let you. <laughs> Um, there was a trip to Nashville. I saw you guys cut a song at Sun. What was that like? Yeah, we went to Nashville. We went, uh, Sun is in Memphis, so we did that. Oh, yeah. Um, 
That was awesome. That was uh, Jeff Davidson's, Davidson's idea to do that. Um, we, yeah, it was really cool to do, you know. The recordings are not as good as Elvis or Cash. Well. <laughs> but who is? But, like, I, I wish it would have sounded better. I wish it was on, like, tape. Yeah. Um, was that it was cut? all digital at the time. Oh, okay. They kind of got rid of tape, which after that, Jeff Davidson came in and was like, you need a tape machine, brought in the tape machine, started doing Live at Sun on PBS. So that came out, which was really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Like that's, I mean, like, to, so like you're there, like, what is that, what does that feel like to be in something as historical as, you know, like. Just being there. Like I was like nervous. I was like, oh man, like we're recording here. What's going on? Like. I'm using some of this, uh, their equipment that's there, some like awesome guild guitars and touching the piano that all those guys touched. You know, it's like, yeah, it was surreal, but we just kind of tried to focus and lay it down and did, we probably did like three or four songs. Okay. There. Okay. That's, I mean, like, yeah. So like, you know, the YouTube thing blew me away and then the sun thing blew me away like you know these are two <laughs> things that i'm just like i'm like how how we've never had this conversation you know uh, i don't know <laughs> it's it's crazy so yeah what did we meet i forget so we probably met prior to 2006 right i think so or maybe around maybe right around there um uh it would have had to have been somewhere in maniunk i assume um i started playing open mics and stuff like that around that time um, and just was around and stuff like that. So yeah. I would assume it was then, um, but okay. time, time is, you know. I, yeah, it's hard to tell. Like I'm like 2006, to like 2020, like what has happened and when? Seriously, when I, <laughs> when I was, re when I was, you know, looking this stuff up and I was looking at dates, I was like, that does not track. I don't think that tracks. And then like, I'm doing the math in my head and I'm like, oh my God, it does track. That's absolutely bizarre. Yeah. We are, uh, we're going to have our 20th anniversary in two years. That is crazy. So, think about that. <laughs> that is crazy. Because our official Pawn Shop Rose's name was changed 2002. I feel like I met Kevin in 2002. And then, you know, the, the ball rolled from there. Yeah. So, um, so following Let It Roll, what would be the next uh, release? Is Solid Gold after that? or It was Versions. Okay, okay. Uh, so we did, you know, s some of the songs were from Sun. Uh, some were from Kawari Sound. Um, we did two different versions of Secondhand Love. There's the soul version and the uh, country version. So that's why we called it versions, you know. It's yeah, just different versions. I actually had the idea at first. I was like, what if we record five different versions of the same song? <laughs> but that didn't happen, obviously. Uh, how far did you take that? Just the two? I have, you know, I probably have three or four versions of uh, Secondhand Love. Okay. I'd be, uh, I'd be very interested to hear that. That sounds uh, very, very, very special. I like that. Yeah, it's interesting. That's cool. Um, so um, I, not, not just jumping past things, but just kind of tracking the path here. So then um, Solid Gold, which I want to talk to you about um, because uh, the horns that open up um, the album 
are like a punch in the face. It's like um, it's like happy. It's like it's so good. Um, who who who's that horn section? Where did that come from? Uh, it's it's Jay Davidson, um, who if you look him up, he played with like Cinderella, Tina Turner, like all these big names, you know, uh, local Philly guy, great arranger. He arranges everything, you know, the the sax, the trombone, the trumpet. Um, Adam Flicker played a lot of it. Um, he was in a band called uh, The Breaks. Okay. He plays with a bunch of other bands too now. But yeah, that you know, we're like, we, we got to get some horns on this thing. Oh, it it <laughs> it fucking blows, man! It is so good. Like, uh, um, of course, I didn't say uh, that's uh, opening with a hard-headed woman. Um, great, right, great track, great track. Um, there's actually a few songs on that album that I'd love to talk to you about um, because it is. Sure, yeah. This is yo, that's my John, and I'm not gonna lie, you've got some Johns. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but uh, but um, fault lines. So um, just a great rhythm going on there and driving. And your voice is fucking stellar uh, throughout that entire song. Um, is there anything behind like where, what the process was on, on writing a song like that? Because it kind of sounds like it might have started as a jam. But is that it something? It did, yeah. Um, all right. So Zill Fessler, who had joined the band at that time, at that point, he's our drummer now. Um, he was in Pepper's Ghost, and he's in a band called Underground Thieves now. Check him out. He's also in Pawn Shop Roses, but he plays in every band. Um, Uprooted, which is a Rusted Root. Uh, you know, the lead singer of Rusted Root has a new project called Uprooted. So, Oh, wow. Less stuff out there. Um, yeah, so he was like, you know what we should do? We should just practice, get a practice facility, and just jam, write songs, come in with ideas. And so we did that for maybe a few months, every week, I guess, maybe. Um, I had that riff. Like, I wrote the riff. I'm not a riff guy. I'm more of a strummer, you know? But I was like, boom, 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 on my guitar. And Zill was like, that's a fucking great riff. So we just started jamming on it. Everyone uh, contributed. You know, this was when Mike Walsh joined the band on bass. Um... And yeah, it's definitely a jam. Yeah, I, I didn't have any lyrics forever either. Really? I was like, bam, bam, ba -doo, ba -doo, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I had no lyrics. Um, so I was like, you gotta write those lyrics. You gotta write those lyrics. So eventually, I wrote the lyrics. You know, end of times lyrics. Yeah. Fault lines, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think uh, speaking of Mike Walsh, I think the first song from that album I heard was um, he during those sessions played me uh, the shakes and uh, yeah. I, yet another song that I'm just like the second I heard it, I was like, yep, that definitely goes. That's it. That's, That's another one that was definitely a jam. We just kind of I think one of us just went burn, burn, and then like everyone just, you know, pitches in and it just kind of like fell together. Yeah. Um, and then and then the 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 third thing that I the, my, my third John on this album, like, first of all, don't don't get me wrong. The album is full of Johns, but uh, but, oh. but, but I'm, I'm just going through my tops. I'm going through my tops. Um, but uh, take me as I am. 
uh, tell me a little bit about that because that's a very is a very soulful song. Um, is that is that something you had written and brought to the group or? Well, that was a, uh, something that uh, we had a mountain retreat writing session in the Poconos, by the way. Oh. Um, and Robbie Bennett, who's now in War on Drugs, he was in the band for a little bit on keys. Um, and Zill was in the band. But I think it was Robbie Bennett's parents' uh, mountain house or something. So I was like, I've got this idea. It's in B minor jammed on it, recorded it, and then uh, I think Zill was like, I really like this one. He sent me the audio file with me just going, but bad, you know, just, because that's how I write lyrics. I just kind of like fill in the blanks yeah. with nonsense and then try to fill in the lyrics. So me and Zill actually sat and wrote that song Lyric for lyric. He's like, it sounds like you're saying this. Write that down. I think it would be good with this. And then just like line for line going down. And then after an afternoon that, you know, the song was done. Uh, that's great. I mean, like, I, re I remember, you know, that album came out and um, I remember, you know, it was getting, it was getting good spins on um, XPN. I heard a few times. I think it played on uh, 93.3, correct? Uh, I feel like I, I feel like fault lines might have. I don't know about take me as I am. No, I, I'm I'm sorry. I just meant songs from the album. I didn't mean specific. Oh, songs from the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. yeah, right, right. I think fault lines had a couple spins on MMR at least. Yeah. Um. So um. Around that time, like I think, did you guys play the Firefly Festival? I think or no, it was uh, All Points West. All, okay, I knew it was one of those. Is, um, it was in New York. It's I think it was like a one off, or maybe they had two. And it was the first one, and we opened up for Radiohead. We were the first band <laughs> of a full day. Uh, we started at 1, Radiohead, 1 p.m. Radiohead yeah. hit at, like, 11 p.m. Hey, somebody's, still, somebody's got to warm up that one at 1 p.m. Somebody's got to open for Radiohead. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I remember you, you guys were, were playing some really um, killer shows there. Um, was there any thought of, like, trying to do, like, a... a tap on with hop on with someone and do like a u.s tour or i i would um i would have loved to but like there was no opportunities it's hard with like um it's hard to find a good booking agent yeah to get a good booking agent interested in you to get your music in front of say you know the drive-by truckers or the black crows or you know some of those bands that we would fit with it's, I still, I don't, I still can't figure out how to do it. I, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not even going to pretend to scratch that surface, but uh, it's yeah, hard no. To, hard to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, so then I guess the next thing I remember is then you released a solo album. Is that correct? I did in uh, uh, 2015, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm going to have to tell you, I, I, I've already told you a bunch of times, there are songs on there that are absolute Jones, uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, one in particular, and it hits really hard. And I literally, um, in, in talking to people about doing this interview and you being a guest on this show, when, when people ask me like, well, does, is there anything I would know or anything I would like? I play them um, 
ballad of a self-destructive sucker because um i think i think it sums up the being a philly musician so well like just the the life lived is there's so much in there um can you tell me a little bit about writing that well it's just you're right i mean it's completely real it's me sitting there with my dogs drinking uh high life thinking about um no one at shows no one paying attention um I had this little finger pick thing, ding, 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 you know, in A. And that one just kind of like wrote itself. I was just like, I opened up the floodgates and it just kind of came out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's so great. Like, and, 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 you know, it's a, it's a, it's a very vulnerable song because like you were saying, you know, like talking about like um, no one it shows or no one paying attention and stuff like that. Um, you, you know, is, is like everyone in this area, right? Like you can be the most amazing person and like, like, you know, you, you're playing to the back of someone's head and, and, you know, the, uh, the, uh, bar owner asking you to turn down, like, there's just so much in there that's just like, (laughs) so relatable. It's such a good song. And then um, uh, Bright Lights and Late Nights is another one on there that just absolutely swings. Like, I, I, I dig I, that so much. I actually wrote that. I started to write that. Um, we were in Nashville staying at some friends' houses who basically, like, met us in a bar and were like, yo, we've got a place up down the street. You want, y'all want to crash? <laughs> and we ended up, like, staying, like, the whole time there. And every time... We go to Nashville. We stay with these guys. Uh, Tony and Big Dave are their names. All right. Uh, so I woke up hungover on the floor. I mean, I was sleeping on the floor anyway. but um, And I woke up. I was like, bright lights and late nights are going to kill me someday. And it just kind of rolled from there, you know. That's awesome. So, you know, it is, a, it is considered a solo album. Who um, is playing on, on that album? Like, uh, were you just bringing um, people in where, where needed or did you have like a, a set backing? It's mostly Pawn Shop Roses. Oh, okay. Um, but also, actually, I should say mostly Pete Donnelly who produced it because he plays drums, he plays bass, he plays keys, he did some like... Um, some synth stuff, which I wasn't so into at first. I was like, I don't know about the synth stuff. And he was like, no, trust me on this. And it's very tasteful. Yeah. Um, so it's like half him doing everything <laughs> and uh, half pawn shop in a studio, you know, laying down stuff. Yeah. So, you know, um, that relationship uh, with uh, Pete, like, how did that come about? Like, where, like, because it's, it, you know, he seems pretty integral to the 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 pawn shop mythos, uh, if you will. Yeah, yeah, uh, he, he definitely is. Um, I think he, um, he's in a band called The Figs, and they played at Grape Room. Actually, the old Grape Street, Grape Street Pub, a lot. They're like a three-piece, sound like, kind of like the Who-ish, Stonesy, uh, just, you know, 60s rock, basically. Um, and he was like, yo, man, I've got a studio. Love to work with you. So then we started talking and ended up working with him. Yeah. You know, I brought him all the songs. He's like, I like these songs. Uh, 
yeah, we did Let It Roll, uh, the solo album, um, and a couple songs off of uh, versions. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, good guy. He's still doing stuff. He lives in uh, upstate New York now, I think. Okay. So um, that's like where I kind of lose track. So like what happened, what, what happened next? Like where, where, where is everything, where's everything at? <laughs> well, we're, we are writing now. Um, I want to put out some singles. We put out a Christmas single, which I don't I know saw, if you heard. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> um, we've got a song called Sunshine. We did like a, uh, a socially distanced COVID video of that with the five of us, you know, like on the screen in separate houses. Uh, I'd love to record that. I'd love to do um, a song called I Want to Know Everything. Uh, I'd love to get a website back. I, you know, yeah. I feel like what happened was we, we kind of broke up at some point. And then started doing cover gigs as Dead Flowers. And it kind of uh, made us not as focused on the original stuff anymore. Because it's like when you start making money gig to gig, you're not really planning ahead for an album or like whatever. Um, but now I think you're going to see a single by the end of the year. Okay. Or okay. early... 2021 which sure. is probably better <laughs> 2020 sucks <laughs> yeah you don't want anything tied to this year at this point <laughs> but, uh, so you mentioned dead flowers that's the uh, stones tribute band right right is that, yeah is that all stones or do you mix anything else in the kind of uh fit? mostly stones but we do mix in you know our favorites beatles ccr sure classics e everything that your mom yeah, played on the k <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> no, it's awesome. So, you know, speaking of 2020 and the worst year in the world, um, what have you been doing as a working musician to kind of make your way through the pandemic? Like, I know early on I saw you were doing um, streams, uh, which uh, were, you know, do. an amazing way. Um, was, that, was that profitable at all or did it help? <laughs> well, it's one of those things where it starts out really good. All your friends donate, and then it sorts to starts to like sort of um, the money goes down a little. Yeah, to <laughs> <can> be frank, <laughs> you know, because like everyone's like, "Oh, I already donated," which I, right, man, like, I totally understand that. Um, but luckily, I got a job at a music school in January, um, teaching one to three year olds. Actually, that's awesome. Which is interesting because like. When I first got the job, I was like, wait, so these kids can barely walk and talk, but I'm going to teach them music. But it's basically like, if you can teach them like, ta, 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 ti, ti, ta, ta, you know, like simple stuff like that, or do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, you know, if you can get them into that, just kind of like uh, put it in their brain somewhere where they're like, oh, I remember when I was like, four where you know someone taught me something about rhythm and the solfege yeah <laughs> you just saying uh ta ti ti ta um just like was like a flashback exactly. to, like, that's yeah. where it comes from you know that's 
So teaching one to three-year-olds, this is going to sound like a really weird question, but are there any one to three-year-olds that you like, or like, why can this one-year-old pick up this rhythm so quickly? Like, can you see any like just inherent rhythm or musical? It's hard. I mean, usually the ones that are super active, but also focused, like when we were able to um, teach in a room, which we're not now, it's all Zoom now. And we have like a different platform. We have like puppets and green screen stuff and you know, awesome. it's more of a TV show now. But in the room when they have the big there's a big drum on the floor and you can see a kid. Alright, you got it. Alright. <laughs> you know? There's a couple kids that can do that, you know. And they may go, ha. Ah. <laughs> and you're like, yes. <laughs> but that's awesome. what you know it starting at a young age like that, I think it's very important to give people that music spark you know absolutely like uh, they might not remember they might not remember mr paul (laughs) they might not remember all that stuff but you know 20 years from now they're gonna be like (laughs) they're gonna see a big drum in a room and they're just gonna go you know they're gonna be like all of a sudden they're gonna be like (laughs) start doing solos It is really important, though, because I know, like, um, my own musical career or whatever, like, wouldn't have been able to be anything close to what it was without public school and without music programs in school. Like, it is very important. And, you know, I always hate to see, you know, funding cut and stuff like that on things like that, because, I mean, not just it's not just like hey, this kid's going to hear this music or or be or do this music class and then become, you know, Beethoven or something like that. But it is something that unlocks, I don't know, I, I, I could get very... Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the first thing to go to. Like, why, you know, I'd rather cut social studies than music. <laughs> yeah. I mean, half of social studies is a bunch of BS anyway, so... That's right. Look, we, <laughs> look, we have the internet, so we don't need gym class anymore. I don't understand what we're doing, you know. Right. <laughs> but, uh, no, so, you know, 2020, um, I, I see you're starting to play gigs out again. Like, where, what, what are those? Um, how's, that, how's that kind of been? It's interesting. Uh, we, we've been playing a, a place called 118 North in Wayne. So, uh, me and Jason, I don't know if you know Jason Jonick. He's the other guitar player in the band. Okay. Um, so they kind of like open up the windows in the front and we sit there and people are outside, you know, some with masks, some not, but it's basically like, it's almost like a, a tailgate, I guess you'd call it. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Um, do you get good crowds for that? Usually, yeah. Yeah. Fourth uh, of July was kind of dead. I think everyone went to the shore, but um, most of the time, yeah, it's really good crowds. And it's mostly um, on tips. Okay. You have a big tip bucket and do that whole thing. That's cool. Yeah. I um, I just started playing out. Um, I just had our, our second gig out um, since everything started. And it is. It's so bizarre because, like, I don't know how to promote it because I'm like, mm, just stay home. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where are you playing? Uh, Tex-Mex um okay. in north wales yeah. um but yeah like like part of me is like hey come out but if you don't don't you know like <laughs> right. i mean it, it depends on like everyone's uh how can i say this like if you feel safe come out if you don't you know stay at home don't. feel safe at home 
That's exactly it's right. Up to everyone's different uh, way of thinking, everyone's different comfort level, I think I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's great. Um, so uh, I, we, we kind of chatted about this a little bit. Do you want to play a song or two? I do, actually. Let's yeah. My guitar. <laughs> Alright, so let me do a song called Sunshine, which uh, if you haven't checked it out, it's on YouTube now. Awesome. There's a, there's a solo version and there's a uh, version with all five of us playing it.
goddamn beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. That is goddamn beautiful. I love it. Uh, what? Yeah. So it, that's a, a a new song. You said you did it the uh, pandemic kind of version. Um, did you right. write that during this? Um, I didn't. I wrote. Th- I probably wrote this. I probably wrote this a year ago, maybe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Like, uh, and and I think a perfect. It kind of um, fits. Yeah, it's like a. <laughs> that's why I was I was wondering if there was any synergy there, but it is it is really perfect. Like, uh, what what a great song. Uh, you want to do basically about uh, social anxiety and love. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of synergy between those two things too. Like, there's, there's you know <laughs> there's a lot of synergy in that. Um, you want to do one more? Sure. Do you have a request? Should I do like uh, one of your Johns? Uh, I you, you can do it, John, maybe, possibly, if you can. Um, and I didn't even uh, mention it, but can you do uh, Ain't Nothing Wrong With That? Sure, I'll do that right now, yeah. Yeah. This was actually co-written by uh, me and Kevin. Okay. So. Kevin's getting a lot of shout-outs. He's going to see this. He'll like it. <laughs> Everywhere I go.
brother. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, All right. Are, people want to know what's going, John. What's going, John? Oh, yes, <laughs> synergy. Yeah, I love it. This is like that moments like that where um, people remind me that I have a brand that I forget about all the time. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I really like the name of the podcast, by the way. It's good. Uh, Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I threw out a lot of really bad names uh, to come up with that one. So, (laughs) no, it's perfect with the logo, like, you know, MTV raps and. No, it's great. That's awesome. Well, um, now comes the time where I get to put you through the gauntlet that we call the top 10 countdown. These are just 10 uh, questions. Um, you, There is no right or wrong to any of these. They're mostly um, personal things. If there's anything that uh, you need some time to think about, take your time. There is no rush. We're just going to okay. go through it. These are the top 10 countdowns. There is no rush. And by the way, there is no rush on my countdown. No rush. Ah. No, no. We'll talk about that later. I, I hope I didn't offend you, but maybe yeah. I do. Right. Yeah, just a little. Only, <laughs> only the high school version of me, the adult version of me, is a little more level-headed. But uh, okay. <laughs> high school version of me, we'd be out in the parking lot. All right. Uh, the <laughs> for the first of the top ten countdown. Number one. What was your first John? What was the first thing that you were just ridiculously obsessed with? Obsessed with, uh, like, probably Oasis. You know, I just was like, that's what I want to do. <laughs> that's amazing. You know, um, I, I still, to this day, listen to that Oasis Unplugged uh, performance, um, mostly because yeah. I'm a, I mean, uh, same, I'm an enormous Noel Gallagher fan. And uh, to hear actually him sing those songs, as opposed to Liam, is something. I actually, uh, when that aired, I hit record on the VHS and the tape deck. I hooked the tape deck up to the TV so I could tape the audio and the video of that performance. I love it. Headphone, (laughs) walking around with the Walkman, vibing to the unplugged. I love it. Number two, what is your current John? Current John? Um, I guess if we're talking about Oasis, uh, there's a band called the DMAs. They're from Australia, but they sound like they're from England. Uh, they sound very like Stone Roses, very Oasis. Um, you know, that whole Britpop era type thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Number three, what was your first concert? It was actually uh, a friend of mine in school, girl, loved Alanis Morissette, was like, let's go. I'm like, sweet, let's go. Wouldn't you know that uh, Radiohead opened up for Alanis Morissette? Okay, that that definitely, that's amazing. <laughs> so, first band on stage was Radiohead, which I'm like, wow. I was like, I think I know this band. I think they did a song called uh, Creep, maybe. You know? <laughs> that's unbelievable. At least it wasn't like, at least you didn't like show up halfway through and you're like, these guys will never make it. Like these are... <laughs> no, it, I, I think I saw them on MTV2 or something. Nice. Nice. Number four, what was the last concert you were at? Oh, man. I have to think pre-COVID at, at this point. Um, oh, there's a band called uh, Temples, who's a British band. Very psychedelic. Um, it was at 
I want to say the Fillmore, but there's a smaller room. Foundry? The Foundry. It was at the Foundry. Okay. That was Very the last nice. one. What, uh, what month was that? Was that a... Uh... Man, it was cold. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a while. Probably. It was probably like... Might have been December. Okay. Possibly. Okay. Yeah. I, the, the, quite exactly what month. It's really funny because when I put this together, um, I've been working on this project for a very long time, but when I put that to question together, it was just like a throwaway question. Like, Oh, it was the last show you saw, you know? And now it's like, what is possibly the last show you will yeah. ever see for the rest of your life? I saw a show back in <laughs> <laughs> 2019. The last show that we saw, we went to see Mondo Cosmo um, in uh, Ardmore and uh, it was the night before they shut down PA. Uh, <laughs> it was like March 13th or something. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> it was so crazy. But uh, number five, what was the, your favorite concert you've ever seen? Your favorite live performance you've ever seen? I'm going to have to say uh, Black Crows and Jimmy Page. Oh. At, um, it was in Camden. It was like... The E-Center, Susquehanna, Bank E-Center, <laughs> whatever it was called at the time. Yeah, that's probably my favorite, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, number six, who have you never seen live uh, that you wish you would, uh, living or alive? Hmm. I'd love to see the Stones. Um, I can't afford it because it's like... Right. A thousand dollars for like a ticket, but I would love to see the Stones, and I hope they survive past uh, this COVID experience and can tour again. We'll see what happens. Yeah, they. Um, I forget what tour it was, um, but they played. They were doing like club dates on top of their big stadium shows, and I forget the ridiculousness those tickets went for. But I could not imagine seeing those guys in a small club at this point in time. You know, like. That would be amazing. A small club would be great, but it's probably like ten thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's nothing but execs in that in that audience. Like that. Right. Yeah, uh, they're like, who's uh, this band again? Right. They're called the Rolling Stones. <laughs> um, number seven. What is an unappreciated John that you love? Unappreciated. Um. There's a guy named Terry Reed. Um, he actually, Jimmy Page thought about him as the lead singer of uh, Led Zeppelin before he met Robert Plant. But uh, uh, Terry Reed actually like decided to do something else. Like he's, you know, his solo stuff, which is really good, but unappreciated. Okay, I'll, I will definitely have to check that out. Uh, number eight, what's your favorite album? Hmm. Being a Stones fan, I'm going to have to say at this moment, probably Exile on Main Street. It's just a beast. That is just a beast of an album. The track by track is just... <laughs> Phenomenal. Uh, number nine, name an artist whose output you will consume anything they release, even to the point of being apologetic for it. <laughs> apologetic. Okay. Well, Oasis is one. I'm going to say a second one. 
there was a point where I got into Ryan Adams a lot. Um, he's going through some issues now. Yeah. He's got some Me Too stuff going on. I haven't listened to him in a while, but there was a point where I was like, anything he puts out. Yeah. And he and a lot. I was just going to say, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> It's like five albums a year or something like yeah, exactly. that. It's so prolific. It's crazy. But yeah. yes, I definitely uh, um, uh, have the same <laughs> struggles with him as well. Like, just like, oh, am I allowed to enjoy it's this? I do feel kind of creepy listening to him now. And I haven't in a while. Yeah. I've been trying to do like Spotify. It's like, you might like this kind of thing. So I've been diving into that, you know, trying to find new stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, um, this is number 10. Um, and this is again, you know, I, I know it's such a hard thing to pick, but what is your favorite John of all time? And it could be anything you said. It can be anything. Hmm. I should have thought about it when you said it to me. I was like, uh, (laughs) um, favorite John of all time. I'm going to say Honky Tonk Women by the Stones. Nice. Uh, that, you know, like Southern Rock slash British slash, I mean, Stonesy. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, it's dirty. It's, it's country. It's rock. It's everything. It's a, a great, great song and a great, great choice. These last few, these are the, uh, so that was the top 10 countdown. I'm still working on um, trying to make this like, maybe play a sound or something like, hey, he did it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, these, <laughs> these that we tack on at the end, these are called the one hit wonders. These are just very quick rapid fire. Do not put uh, too much thought into any of it. Uh, number one, Hagar or Roth. Uh, I'm gonna go with Hagar. Really interesting. Okay, Biggie or Pac? Pac. Okay, Nirvana or Pearl Jam? Ooh, Pearl Jam. Good choice. Beatles or the Stones? I have to say Stones. I figured you would, and it's the, it's also <laughs> the correct answer. Very close second, though. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, but on the Beatles tip, favorite Beatle? Oh. Uh, Changes from day to day. Um, I'm going to say Lennon. Yeah, yeah. Um, And this one, um, much like the uh, Ryan Adams conversation we just had, uh, does have a little bit of an asterisk on it, but uh, Prince or MJ? (laughs) I'm definitely going to go with Prince, not because of the Me Too or anything. I'm just going to say Prince. Yeah, good choice. Um, you know, it's weird because growing up, I was um, a big Michael Jackson fan um, to the point where um, I had a long ponytail. I wore, I dressed like the way you make me feel video, but like three years too late, like it was not cool <laughs> anymore. Like that's the kind of fan I was. Um, but in retrospect, like I, I just listened to so much more Prince. Like it's just his output was something incredible. Um, I love his like, um, his stage presence and like, he can rip the fuck out of a guitar and like, yeah. like he got, that guy was super, super talented. Not that Michael Jackson wasn't talented, but you know. Sure. Well, speaking of talent, sir, you are incredibly talented as well. And I want to thank you for uh, doing this and putting up with my dumb questions. Uh, is there, I love 
<laughs> is there um, any way that people, how can people find you on the internet? What's, uh, you said there's no more website, but uh, what's the easiest way to find out what's doing? There isn't, uh, go to uh, Facebook, look up Pawn Shop Roses, which is the original act, Dead Flowers, which is the Stones John, uh, Instagram, I'm on there um, as P Keen as P K E E N E Z. Um, YouTube, look up uh, Sunshine Pawn Shop Roses, new song, and that's probably good. I'll try to get some links in the notes for all that um, for people to be able to just click and make it as easy as possible. But again, brother, I thank you so much uh, for doing this. I really do appreciate it. And uh, of course, yeah, I hope, I hope it wasn't too intrusive. <laughs> no, this is my pleasure. Like what else am I doing? <laughs> That's true. That's true. We're all kind of like trying to fill up some time, I guess. That's exactly right. Well, again, thank you. And um, uh, I hope uh, people enjoy this. Yeah, no, I had a great time. Thanks again to Paul Keene for chatting with me today on the podcast and blessing us all with some songs. <laughs> Sorry, pardon me. Johns. Blessing us with some sweet, tasty Johns. You can check Paul out with his Stones cover act Dead Flowers at Screwballs in King of Prussia, PA on September 11th from 9 to 1 and as an acoustic duo with Roses guitarist Jason Jonick on September 12th at the VFW in Conchahawken, PA at 6 p.m. You can also find him on Instagram at pkinez, which I can't believe I didn't think to ask. Is that a dick joke? That's at P-K-E-E-N-E-Z. And you can find both Pawn Shop Roses and Dead Flowers on Facebook. Well, as for me, we, the mighty us, if you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on all of your favorite podcast apps and share it all across the social medias. And if you want to be a truly super awesome John Scout, you can go that extra yard and rate and review us. Don't forget to visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com for articles, mixtapes, videos, and more. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yo, that's my John for updates, live streams, and more. And find us on YouTube for the video companion to this podcast and more. We've got and more coming out the wazoo. Like and subscribe the heck out of that ish. What are you waiting for? We want to hear from you. Reach out. Reach out and touch some John. But that's all we got for you this week. We did it, folks. Episode two is in the books. And with that... I must take my leave of you. I do thank you for lending me your time. It is much appreciated, and I hope to see you next time. Till then, everybody! Hey, yo, displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure. Your taste in music doesn't have to be measured. You ain't yo, That's My John is a Lonely Monk production, written and produced by yours truly, Nate Runkle. Special thanks goes out to Fox Run Brands, Natalie Runkle Tompkins, and, of course, the very lovely... Katie Dobney. If you or anyone you know has any ideas they would like to share or any guests they would like to see on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at yo, that's my John at gmail.com. But until next time, be sure to displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure and shout to the world, yo, that's my John. <laughs>